0: Hi, I'm Andrecia Moorings, and this is Unfolding Words, the weekly podcast dedicated to sharing biblical truth that offers light for your walk and life for your soul. Today's topic can be considered a hot button one because we're talking gender identity, most specifically what it means to be a woman. And today, the line between what it be, means to be a woman and what it means to be a man is getting blurred more and more. Society is sending us a message through music, politics, literature, and even retail that women are called to be and do everything, that women are independent creatures capable of far more than they were created for. The title of this episode is Just Let Me Be a Woman, and it's a play off of a book by author and speaker Elizabeth Elliott titled Let Me Be a Woman. And she wrote the book in the 1970s for her daughter as a gift on her wedding day. And her intent was to describe for her daughter what it meant to be a woman according to biblical standards. And for some, the book may be considered archaic and Victorian because it does not define womanhood according to modern day standards. It defines Womanhood, according to what the Bible says because it's based on what the creator of woman outlined in the Bible, who is God. And in the book, she says in chapter 18 that, let me read this excerpt for you. It says, Psalms 144 verse 12 says, May our daughters be like corner pillars cut for the structure of a palace pillars, uphold and support. This is a woman's place and all of us need to know what our place is and to be put in it. Now, I know that line right there. This is not in the book. This is just me talking that a woman needs to know her place and be put in it right there would turn people off. But I believe that if a woman knows her place, and even if a man knows his place, that's where harmony comes in. She continues, according to As a pillar is cut and shaped to fit into a particular place and carry a specified weight, it is by that cutting and shaping differentiated and limited. It is the very differentiation and limitation that that pillar has to offer. So with us, we've been cut to a certain size and shape to fulfill a certain function. It is this, not that. It is a woman's offering, not a man's that we have to give. And this book, it really is a gem. Um, if you have a chance to pick it up, it's still in print. It's a quick, easy read. And she really does offer great insights onto what it means to be a woman according to God's standards. And the truth is, God did not design women to be and do everything that men do. And if we take our clues from society, from videos, from Um, politics and literature, like I mentioned before, we will be led to believe that a woman is a superwoman. She can do and be everything, but our roles are distinct and glorious. When you seek to operate outside of that which you're designed, you are sending the message that God didn't know what he was doing when he created you a woman. This trend towards blurring gender identity is further proof of how low people think of God, because they say how I define gender sets the standard and not God. Frankly, that's a dangerous place to be because what you do is you exalt yourself above God when you believe that what he created is not truth. Even if you're not married, no longer married, or don't want to be married, that doesn't change the distinct role that you have as a woman. Perhaps you're a mother of sons with no husband or father in sight. That doesn't mean that you are to take on a man's role. All you can do is be the best mother you can be and pray for God to bring male role models and mentors to fill in that void left by a father who's absent for whatever reason, be it by death or abandonment. And just because you are capable of something doesn't mean you're designed for that role. Think of a screwdriver. While it can be used to cut a cake or tear through plastic, it's not designed to do so and will do a messy job. But you put that screwdriver to use tightening a screw or removing one and you'll see it shine when it was used as it was created. Elizabeth Elliot also says, it is a naive sort of feminism that insists that women prove their ability to do all the things that men do. This is a distortion and a travesty. For all the good that the feminist movement has seemed to do, there's even more damage that is done. Society will tell women that you run the world. Positive, and I'm doing air quotes, messages in songs and media seek to empower women by masculating them. We see images of women standing strong against all male armies in videos and that can easily send a message that devalues boys and, women, boys and men, even though it's seeking to empower women. Now, don't get me wrong. I believe that women should and can fight for equal pay and a right to be heard politically. But when the fight cuts across our roles that God designed for us to walk in or elevates women's roles above a man, that's when I believe we need to draw a line in the sand. When we're faced with society's not-so-subtle messages that men are unnecessary, we as Christians have to stop and consider what it is that we believe. God values women. But we must also acknowledge that we were created for community. God said that it was not good for man to walk through life alone. He created women and men for a holy partnership that is not limited to just marriage. Whenever one gender Of God's partnership is elevated above the other or ignored, then we all lose. Recently, I went shopping for my daughter who just turned six. And the messages on the t shirts made it hard for me to even buy her a t shirt. They said, girls rule, deal with it. That those were the words that were on the t shirt. Girls are the future. And I was wondering, okay, so as if boys aren't boss, babe, And feminists like mom. Now, all of these messages that were on the T-shirts were probably considered innocent by a lot. But I thought that putting this on my daughter would have sent a very powerful message to her and to anyone who was reading it. Everything that I read was about rule and dominance. Not that was not that's not the message that I'm trying to send to my daughter. I don't want her to think that she has to be labeled a strong black woman who don't need no man. That's not what I want her to be learning as she grows up. And while those messages may be fine for the world, God called believers to live out a message that's countercultural. I also have two sons and I tell them all the time, girls are not intended to be self-sufficient powerhouses that run independently of men and don't expect them to. It's easy for men who grow up in single-parent households to expect women to do it all because that's what they've seen, and I believe that's a lie from the enemy. I often think that's why it's easy for some men to walk away from their families because they've been fed the lie that women can do it all and their constant presence is not necessary. When God created women, he designed them to complement the men. Even basic physical anatomy shows that women are receivers. Our bodies are created to nurture and carry children and to receive men. The first woman was made specifically for the first man, a helper to meet, to respond to, to surrender to and to compliment him. That's what we see when we look at the roles of Adam and Eve. Even if we disagree with them, that's what's laid out in scriptures for us. When Adam named Eve, he accepted responsibility to husband her, to provide for her, to cherish her, to protect her. And these two people together represent the image of God, one of them in a special way, the initiator, and the other, the responder. Neither one or the other was adequate alone to bear the divine image. God put these two in a perfect place, and you know the rest of the story. Even her refusal to accept the will of God refused her role. And Adam, at her suggestion, gave up his masculine responsibility for her and in protecting her. And it was the first instance of what we recognize now as role reversal. This defiant disobedience in the garden ruined the original pattern and things have been in an awful mess ever since. Now, I'd be the last to deny that women are given gifts that they are meant to exercise. Women have gifts and they are meant to exercise them. But we must not be greedy in insisting on having all of the gifts and in taking the place of men and in grabbing power from them. We are women and stepping on the toes of men to be a man is not in our job description. And while we may get it wrong, God has provided a picture of what he had in mind for us. He he did not design for us to blur the lines between gender and to redefine the roles he established. But even in our rebellion, God does not abandon us. We see his great love toward toward us, us, his self-willed creations. Instead of responding to our rebellion with punishment, God demonstrated exactly what he had in mind by calling himself a bridegroom the initiator, the protector, the provider, and the lover, for Israel, his bride, the church, who was his beloved. God rescued her, called her by name, wooed, and won her. And he was grieved when she went whoring after other gods. In the New Testament, we find this mystery of marriage again expressed in the relationship relationship between Jesus and his people. We see the husband standing for Christ in his headship the wife standing for the church in her submission. This spirit-filled imagery is not to be shuffled about and rearranged according to our own whims and preferences. The gospel story begins with a beautiful picture of womanhood. A young woman is visited by an angel. She's given an unbelievable piece of news about becoming the mother of the Son of God. But unlike Eve, who responded to God by taking... The Virgin Mary's answer wasn't about power or dominance. Instead, she says, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. And we see this in Luke 1, verse 38. While this humility should be the mark of every believer, it should be especially true of women. As much as we modern women hate to hear it, much of being a female is equated with surrender. Think of a bride on her wedding day. She surrenders her independence, her name, her destiny, her will. She surrenders herself to her bridegroom in marriage. This is a public ceremony before God and witnesses. Then in the marriage bed, she surrenders her body, her priceless gift of virginity, if she still has it, and all that has been hidden before the marriage ceremony. And again, as a mother, she makes a new surrender. It is her life for the life of the child. We surrender our bodies after birth and breastfeeding by being tied to a child. This is most profoundly what women were made for, married or single. And the special calling for a single woman is to surrender herself for service to her Lord. Think of something as simple as an electrical outlet. In order for power to flow, A plug has to be input, but a plug can't be put into another plug and generate power. Each piece has a purpose by design. Neither is greater than the other, just different and distinct. Gloria Steinman, who was the creator of feminism, the feminist movement in the 1970s, was quoted as saying, power can be taken, but not given. The process of taking is empowerment in itself. Gloria Steinman was dubbed the mother of fem- feminism, and she ushered in a whole new wave of empowerment in the 20th century with her belief that women living as women just wasn't working and things needed to be turned around. I believe this taking is leading women right back into the garden where Eve was. Ladies, we do not have to grasp for, w- for power. It is indeed given, but it often doesn't come the way the world tells us that it comes. Let me share another quote by Elizabeth Elliot. She said, A Christian woman's true freedom lies on the other side of a very small gate, humble obedience. But that gate leads out into a largeness of life undreamed of by the liberators of the world to a place where the God-given differentiation between the sexes is not obf- obfuscated but celebrated, where our in- inequalities are seen as essential to the image of God. For it is in male and female, in male as male and female as female, not as two identical and interchangeable halves that the image is manifested. Might it be that just being a woman as God designed you leads to the very thing that you're grasping for? Just a little food for thought. Well, that wraps up this episode of Unfolding Words. I'd love to hear your comments on today's show, as well as suggestions for future topics. You can contact me at unfoldingwords.com. There's an envelope icon, and you can click to email me. Thanks for listening, and I look forward to sharing gems from the Word of God with you next week. Until then, may God's Word be a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. God bless you.